Today is February 18th, 2019, and we're back. Decky co-founder, Decky co-host. How we doing? Andy co-founder, Andy co-host. <sighs> Take a deep breath, man. It's about to be one hell of a journey. It was an awesome time to take a deep breath, really reflect, and get some stuff that we needed to get done. A lot of renovation, and a lot of editing, a lot of revamping. Our core message, our core content, and everything involved, back pocket. Six weeks. It was, it was a true experience. It was great to step back, reflect on all the work we've done. And now we're really starting to lock in and delivering, you know, just the quality podcast episode. And what better first guest? What better first guest? Than TJ Lavin. You know what, Deck? This was a true dream guest of mine. And I know you kind of molded right into that once we you got involved with the challenge and you got a very excited. But I mean, I've been watching this guy since I was 12 years old watching MTV and, get, and him with Johnny Bananas and uh, CT and Carmery and all those. The list goes on. The list goes on and on. TJ Lavin, we're opening up with. And what an awesome dude. I mean, it took us a good five months to get him on. We reached out to him in September. Yep, in the end of September. Yep, and he uh, he said, "Hey, I'm going to shoot the next season of the challenge, and I'm gonna you know reach back up to, back out to me in January." Yeah, and so we just followed the trail. We stayed committed. We stayed persistent, and uh, this is what you're about to hear. And it was an incredible interview. Lots of fun stuff. Whether it's the average quality or a little sneaky game at the end, you're gonna love it, guys. So enjoy, and have a blast with season three of the Back Pocket Podcast. During the off season, we just kept falling into traps in the apparel industry. It's a dicey business. How do you mean? Uh, you just can't Google custom-made gear. For starters, who do you trust? It's a lot of money up front with really no guarantees, and they kind of rip you off. The first few companies on Google, Google not a damn sponsor, but SEO is tough, man. These companies are paying for ads, and you just don't know which way to go. We have no creative juices. They just really aren't worth our business. You're spot on. We spent two years trying to find a fresh and trusty custom gear manufacturer, and that's when we ran into Visionary Manufacturing, or should we say Visionary Manufacturing found us. Blake Anderson, the founder, awesome guy. We're talking to him every week about custom-made back pocket gear, and he's been the man. So we want you guys to utilize this resource. Yeah, if you guys are looking for some trusty custom apparel ink, book through us and we'll give you a sweet discount. Hit us up at backpocket at visionarymfg.com. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T at visionarymfg.com. That link will be in the show notes of this very podcast. Welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast of Season 3, TJ Lavin. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. All right, so before we get into the Back Pocket core questions, we wanted to really unpack you know, who you are as a person. We know you're a BMX legend. We know you are host of the MTV Challenge. But let's start like early life, right when you got into BMX. What, like, Just kind of walk us through your kind of story. Well, I was like just a neighborhood kid like everybody else. Had a bunch of kids in my neighborhood that rode. And we would all, like, got together, we'd ride BMX, and that was what we did. It was just, like, I was just part of a neighborhood crew that would all ride BMX. And 
we snuck into this dude's backyard that had a four-wheeler track, so the jumps weren't even made for BMX bikes. They were just four-wheeler jumps, and we all, we all wanted to ride them. We didn't care. And so we went back there, and we snuck in his backyard, and he came home when we were back there. And we were all thinking that we were in big trouble. Like we we're like, oof. And uh, and he was like, no, dude, it's awesome. That's that's great. Let's start a team. And so we started a team, and we became the number one team in the world. Holy like shit! Like BMX Holy racing. Wow. So we wow. weren't that good. Like we didn't have a lot of pros or anything, but we just rode, you know, and we loved it. So I was fifteen, I think, or something like that, and. So I was one of the leaders on the team, and and uh, and I started the team with Nick. So it was me and him, and it was called Hurt Us Hot Shots. And we had four or five neighborhood kids. The original Hurt Us Hot Shots. That's what we called them, and it was badass, dude. And we we did that for a few years, and um, and then when I was eighteen, I graduated high school, and my mom was like, "All right, now it's probably time to get a real job." And so we did that for the whole three years or whatever. And then when I was 18, graduated high school, then fast forward, that, that graduating is in June or something like that. And then November, there's a thing called the King of Dirt. And there was 20 badass riders and me. So so the, the dude like made a call for me and he got me into this thing called the King of Dirt, which is the hardest contest to get into. It's the biggest deal of the year. It's at the Grands. It's it's this big deal, you know? And when I watched the X Games, because it came out in 1995, I watched it, and me and the neighborhood kids were all sitting there, and I was, like, thinking to myself, like, dude, I really could beat these dudes. And, and, and everybody in the room was thinking that. That was in my, my crew. And they all were thinking the same thing. They were like, dude, you could, you could, you could compete on there. Like, you could be the dude. And I was like, yeah, I got that in my mind. And and we didn't ever say nothing like that, you know. But but then Nick Herta got me into that contest, twenty top pros and me, and I'm in there with all the dudes that just won the X Games and all that stuff, and I beat them. So and I won the whole contest. And everybody was completely baffled, like how this dude from the desert won this contest nobody ever even heard of me no one ever saw me ride nothing this is before the internet so no one ever you know looked at me on online or instagram was a was a pipe dream like no one even thought anything of me like i was just this dude from the desert that came and smashed everyone that won the x games there so it was pretty fucking cool and then and then like fast forward to the next month and the next month and the next month, every month I was getting sponsors and bigger, bigger sponsors and people like calling me and everything else. And I remember like my mom, like that night that I won the contest, I was like, mom, I won. You ain't going to believe this. And then that day, the next day, like people were like, te- you know, texting or not. To, there was no such thing as texting, but people were talking to me and calling and, and saying like, dude, you're the guy now. And like all this stuff. And I was like, no way. And they were like, yeah, dude, like, you're the guy. And the magazines came out, and I was in them, and, and that was it, you know what I mean? And then I'm like, I think I probably have, like, 18 or 20 covers of BMX covers now, and things like that, like, that I would never even imagine being on a, in a magazine, let alone on the cover. And now, like, I have, like,
years later, I just uh, have all this collection of stuff, and then it's just amazing. So take me back to like early days of riding culture because this is awesome. That's a great story, and you're coming out of Vegas, probably not the the bed, the hotbed for riding. Um, where did you kind of like realize that you you, you found the team, you were racing together? Um, but when did it start to click? And it was like, this is, this is my passion and not only my passion, but I'm going to take this on as an, almost as a career now. When did, the, when did you kind of realize that? Or is it, was it kind of just taking action after action? Um, no, it was just, it, it just kept on happening. Like that, that was the moment, like the X games came out in 95. And before that I, I was just a, a the minorest you know, the most minor blimp on the picture that you ever seen. Like, I, I went and visited SoCal a few times, and because that was the hotbed. Southern California, three and a half hours away was the hotbed. And then, you know, I would come back here broke and whatever, and just just riding and having fun and whatever, didn't even care. And and just as long as I had free time, because that's, that's all I cared about was free time. Like, because I wanted to ride my bike. So... No matter what, I didn't care about one dollar. I didn't give a shit about how much money I made, how much I did or didn't have. I didn't realize that women, like back then, like women mattered. You know what I mean? I didn't even care. Like it was like whatever. And there was no phone. There was no nothing. I didn't care. Like no about. I never played video games. I never. There was no internet. There was nothing like that. There was no distraction. It was just straight writing in its purest form. And. There was not even any foam pits. Like, you had to learn everything you want to learn on dirt. Like, you just chopped up the dirt, chopped up the landing so that you weren't taking slams, and that was it. You're doing it. And I love so, that. it was pretty badass. That's awesome. And that, so, you're at this point now where, or not now, but back then, you dominate the X Games. You're, you're at the pinnacle. You're the guy for BMX. You're at the face of it. How are you able to stay, like, humble and keep that drive to like keep going and make yourself better because it's lonely at the top right the michael jordans of the world talk about it's lonely being the best right so how did you how did you uh, like, you know kind of i don't know if i i don't know if i agree with that like it's, okay. it's like because there's so many like i had i've always had like a million friends like i didn't i never not had friends like i always had a million friends and that kind of keeps you humble like, okay you don't you can't you can't like blow up and then all of a sudden you're a big shot and and you don't have any of your buddies around with you like but when we say blow up i was blowing up with like making 60 70,000 is huge for a 19 20 21 year old dude right. you know what i mean so yeah. so when you're making that kind of money a year uh you're you're like you're the dude for sure and I bought a house when I was 19. And so I'm living at this house. Like, just after I won the X Games and all that stuff, I was like, house and all this, you know, the ball started rolling. And the house that I'm sitting in right now is only my second house I ever bought. That's awesome. So I, I, never, I never, like, went crazy with any mon- money that I ever got or any did. I just lived within my means and just kept it real and just said, this is how I roll. And, had fancy cars and shit that I I loved, but I always made sure they were old. Like so, old fancy cars never go down in value. So you could just always trade and sell and buy, sell, trade, whatever you know, because they're old. So it doesn't really matter. 
just money in the bank. And so you, you don't, you don't lose your ass, you know, go buy $150,000 Mercedes that's worth 70 grand in three years. Right. That, that's a killer mentality to have. I mean, not many people, when you, when you start seeing that success, it's difficult. And I'm curious, I love hearing like the creation stories of businesses and individuals and how they grew. And where did you, where, where were you able to find those kind of humbling attributes? Was it your parents or was it your your friends and that core group around you that kind of was just, Hey, this is what we love. I'm not here for the, 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 the flashy money. stuff. Well, it was both. It was, it was both for sure. My mom was always like, TJ, I need you to buy stuff that goes up in value, not down. And like, she would always preach that to me. Like, Buy stuff that goes up in value. Don't buy stuff that goes down in value. And like before, she was like, okay, now you can spend the 20s and not get hurt. And now you can spend the 100s and not get hurt. Okay, now you can spend a 1,000 here and there once in a while. And then she was like, okay, now you can go to the 10,000s if you need to. You know what I mean? So it was always like little stages of my life. Like I was 25 or 6 or something. She was like, all right. You can spend the ten thousands, but you can't like spend a lot of them. So you know what I mean. So it's kind of, and, and and I hired her when I was twenty two to to manage my money. So that helped a lot too. I wanted to get her out of the casino because the cigarette smoke, and so I didn't want her to die young. So I got her out of the casino, and, and she worked for me since I was twenty two, and still does. So it's you know twenty years later, and. A new career and everything later and now she's dealing with a lot of shit with the with the rental homes and stuff like that but she's she likes it dude that's incredible i love i love how it always comes back to your core right your rock your mom yeah and uh you know she was probably there for you um i wanted to kind of touch on this a little bit was your big crash and i think in was that in 2010 when that happened um yeah okay so kind of walk us through that was that kind of the point that ended your professional career or did you keep writing professionally after that no that ended my professional career for sure um i've done a couple of like i uh i got i got back into writing and i became a professional writer again but i never entered any another contest ever again so i would still like ride the backyard shoot ads do things like that and like I, i wrote for um for a couple different companies and and actually had a company or two like that that just just experimental and fun and whatever you know mm-hmm. and so just going with the flow but i never ever entered another contest because it, the, the level was way way past me as soon as i got better right so what exactly happened can you walk us through kind of like uh maybe not what exactly happened but kind of the result of and how you felt after that moment where you made your name you know, writing, this is your passion, right? You're competing all the time. And then at one point it comes to an end. Like, how did you feel at that point? Well, I mean, it was, it was it's stupid on my part because uh, I was long in the tooth for, for competing because I had so many distractions. So I'm right. I'm doing television. I'm doing ads. I'm doing commercials and all this shit and podcasts and whatever radio shows, whatever, you know what I mean? You can't do this stuff. And that, like, you have to choose one of those, one or the other, if you're doing such a dangerous sport, you're going to get hurt. You have to focus 100% on the dangerous sport or don't do it Com- competitively.
differently. Like you have to like really focus on that. You know, and one person that does focus 100% of his, his riding on that and who I can say that, that never differed and never got sidetracked was Ryan Nyquist. He is the guy. That guy was competing with me. He, he came in like a year or two after me, and he hailed it and still is, is one of the top pros still today because he never, ever differentiated what he wanted to do. He just wanted to do this, and he did it, and he does it still, continues to do it. So I really, really admire him for that. That, that level of focus is so unheard of. He is the most focused individual I've ever seen in my life. Mm, shout out to Ryan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's shout incredible. Out to Ryan Nyquist, dude. He, he is the baddest dude when it comes to that level of focus somebody will have for a sport and the love. Like, no one can touch him, I, I feel like. You know, there's the only other guy that, that is even remotely close who, who's, who's just as probably just as bad at, but who does a lot of sidetrack stuff and stuff like that is Jamie Bestwick mm. and he's he's a BMX guy too but his his level of competition that he had he had like maybe like 10 guys that were that were on his level you know that were even close to him um Nyquist had 10,000 dudes wow. throughout the world that were on his ass you know what I mean? So, right. like, like dirt jumping, there's a million dirt jumpers and BMX dirt jumping. Like, there's a million of them out there that are badass. And and for Nyquist to just rise to the top and just keep on keeping on, and like him and Nasty's another one who's really a badass dude. He got a lot of sidetrack and stuff like that, but he's he he stayed in there. He's still good. He's still awesome, and he's forty and over. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these, these are the dudes that are just like I just can't believe these guys are still in there. Mm, that's freaking awesome. And you've, I mean, so you you've been part of the um, X Games since the earliest stages. Where have you seen the growth, and how have you seen it? Um, and what kind of role have you played along with that growth in uh, adrenaline and action sports? I love uh, action sports. There's nothing more pure to me. Um, team sports are badass too because it's it's the camaraderie and stuff like that but there's a different level of camaraderie when you can die and so like i almost died on the run that day you know what i mean so and we all get it we all know that it's possible so every dude out there is like yeah man good job good good luck and and we mean it you know what i mean like yes you know you're taking money out of my pocket but i don't give a shit i just want you to see do some badass stuff and just be alive you know, like so, it's 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 a camaraderie that's that's a weird thing, man. Like, I think fighters have it as well. That's why I like it so much. UFC guys and, and you know the MMA dudes, like they have it as well. Like to where it's like they could die at any moment. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it's it's something that's very dangerous. You know, you could if the wrong hit, the wrong head, the wrong punch, it, it could kill you. You know. And, so. I, and that's why you like, and you go back to your point where you're like, you have to stay focused. You can't get distracted by this, that, uh, and the other if you want to be the best. And like, it all comes down to the core of you know these action sports, BMX, etc. It's all about 
how focused you are on that task because those tricks are insane dude those people send it and that's why we love talking to people like yourself because no one or not a lot of people focus quite like you guys do and i just applaud you for that thank you man yeah i appreciate that man but uh i look at it like like one of the guys that i grew up and really idolized ever since i met him was uh laird hamilton and laird hamilton is a big wave surfer from hawaii and he's badass dude but he never competed. He only surfed the biggest waves. Because he doesn't give a shit about competing. He was like, I don't even care about that stuff. But I do care about riding these nasty waves. And you see this little dot on the big wave, and you're like, oh my god. Like, if you crash, you're dead. And the dude just does it. And the focus level that you have to have, and the intensity that you have to have, is just a different level. Yeah. So I love it. That's great that you bring up surfing because I was curious on how close niche like all of these different action sports are. And one person that comes to my mind is Alex Harnold, the free soloist. Um, and when you talk about focus, that guy's yeah, the, that's, that's top that's of the line super focus. Gnarly. Super gnarly. Um, and I listened to him on the Joe Rogan podcast just talk about the position he puts himself in. And he says his stress level or his level of, uh, of known and unknown it, so if 10's unknown and um, 1 is completely known, he sits at a 3 the whole time that he's climbing the mountain because he's done it so many times with harnesses that when he free solos, um, he, he's that locked in. And that's what I, when I think of like top of the line focusing, he's action sports focus, yeah. Yeah, that guy's, dude... Did his movie come out yet on, on, on Amazon? I know it's... I, I think it did. It got released to some parts of like the... Yeah. I don't know where, but I need to sit down and watch that because he's an inspiration. Like I have it right there right now, but I didn't see it. We're, I looked for it two days ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't see it. He's but a stud. My wife's like all about it too. She's like that guy is so gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a like rock climber too. Like okay. wife wants to be a rock climber. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And she does triathlons and she's gnarly, but yeah, it's that dude's gnarly. That guy's. oh yeah dude it's kind of hard to put these skyline specs on when you're wearing these headphones and you're trying to read ads but i'll tell you what i pretty much wear these skyline specs anywhere else in the world Uh, i I walk around town and people like yo what are those i'm like these are some wooden engraved sunglasses called skyline specs they're like man what's what skyline is that and and it's like well i'm rooted in denver I have the Denver skyline on the side of, uh, of the side of my glasses because that's where I'm from. That's what I really care about. But it's not just me repping Denver. It could be you, the marketing interns, repping some back pocket sunglasses. It could be repping the Minneapolis, the St. Paul skyline. Hell, maybe even the L.A., maybe the San Francisco skyline. Go check them out. Go get yourself a pair of sunglasses from the Back Pocket Podcast. Tell them we sent you. Skylinespecs.com. That's S-K-Y-L-I-N-E-S-P-E-C-S.com. So I have a question for you. This is a core back pocket question. We ask all our guests this. It is, what is your average quality? So we're talking about how, um, you know, your BMX career and what you're doing and all the success you've had. But what is something that humbles you? What is uh, something that you do well at times, do well, or do not well at other times? Uh, at the end of the day, you're average. This is something that maybe you try new. Uh, at the end of the day, what is your average quality? I'm probably playing the guitar. Nice, nice, dude. Yeah, like I, I just took it up in March. 
Like, That's I, awesome. I, I always wanted to play the guitar, and I've, I've like, like I, I've played the guitar on a couple of tracks I've done in my life and a couple of songs I've done in my life, and and then I just put it down and I never picked it up again. And, like, those were all cheating guitar riffs because I'm real good with the computer and Pro Tools. So I, I could just play the play whatever note that I needed to play, and then I'd just repeat it and, and put it in the computer and make it sick. So that was easy. Mm-hmm. But now I'm playing the guitar and, and really playing it, and I, I'm i not very good, but so you, I like it. So you said you started um, back just in March. Back up. Okay. Is this acoustic or is this electric? Yeah, start acoustic. Acoustic, yeah. and how was uh, accomplishing Wonderwall for the first time? Yeah, how's your Wonderwall right now? I, I don't have Wonderwall. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, th- my buddy Declan right here. He's pl- he. That was one of his first songs that he learned, and w- and he Facetimed all of us when he learned it, and he was just ripping Wonderwall. <laughs> it's pretty much like it's pretty much like your induction to like learning how to play guitar is basically learning how to play Wonderwall. <laughs> but I, to your point, like when I first started, I taught myself and just like kind of learned on YouTube different songs, and then eventually built up to keys and learned how to just play around with that. But the hardest part is like not being good at first and just sucking and your hands hurt and you just want to make a good G chord or you just want to make it sound like you know how it's supposed to sound. It's just not happening. But if you just keep going, you keep going over and over and over and over, you'll finally get to the point where it's like, you'll hit that strum. You're like, damn, here we go. And I, and that's really what I challenge you, man. I would love for you to, uh, just send us a video, maybe FaceTime us one day, and you're playing your Wonderwall, or maybe we'll you're, be your hype guys. Yeah, we'll be your hype guys, man. No, no <laughs> need to worry about it. Just tell me what the chords are. <laughs> I can't. Oh, look, he's playing. All right, I'll, I'll look it up. I think it's uh. Nope. All right, you ready? E- yeah. Okay, this so, is Wonderwall. So I'll, I'll sing you the first layer. Today is going to be the day. So e, e minor and then G. Today is going to. On the going to, you change to G. And then you go to D. Sus four. That's, that's really hard one, man. That, yeah. The bar chords are the. Once you get bar chords down, though. Yeah, man. Now we're talking. And the best part is you recognize it, and we love that you're out here competing and trying to figure it out day in, day out. And that brings me to my next question. This is a back pocket core question. Why we're called the Back Pocket Podcast. It's when um, pressure becomes stress and anxiety is rising. You rely on certain attributes in your back pocket, certain habits to overcome. So maybe it's learning the guitar. Maybe you go back to early days in the BMX riding. Um, What is a habit or an attribute that you have in your back pocket when you need to overcome something. Just don't quit. It's easy. Mm-hmm. No quitting. Dude, it's just, it, like, until you quit, you're still on your way to success. That, and you couldn't have transitioned me any better 
to bringing up you being the host of the challenge because quitting is unacceptable and there are there are too many people that come on the show of the challenge that have a mindset of quitting and you're you represent not quitting and you make sure they know that they should never be a quitter um yeah i do i mean it, it makes me sick when they come on the show and quit like it's the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life yep like you you fought all this time you you beat out this many people to be on this show and then you're gonna give it up for some girlfriend down home like like you're gonna give it up because you feel homesick you're gonna give it up because you can't handle it like just just yeah, dude. No. It's it's unacceptable. No. <laughs> but uh for our listeners that maybe don't know your story of joining the challenge, you came on around 2006. It was the 11th season. Uh they're on season 34, I believe, maybe 35 now. Um 35. 35. Okay. What was that transition in your BMX career realizing this this hosting gig was a potential avenue? Can you can you walk me through that? I still did. I still don't know it's a potential avenue. <laughs> I, I, I swear to god, I like I piss myself every time, every challenge I go, I go, man, I don't know how long this thing's going to last, but whatever, dude, it's pretty dope. <laughs> and, and then the next season comes, and then the next season comes, and I'm like, holy shit, like, they really like me, this is awesome, okay, cool. And then they, they ask me to do it again, and again, and again, and I'm like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So, it's it's crazy, I can't believe that I'm still doing it, and I, I'm, I love it. And I'll never, ever not do it, they'll have to shove me out the door and I'll be like alright cool that, that was awesome you know cause you can't like you can't give up this badass job I'll never quit this job this is not it's not gonna happen and I love that mentality, and I think it shows on the show, right? I mean, it gives you this great platform where a lot of the core value is do not quit, and I think you just do a great job of exuding that. Um, it was there any point in time, like when you first took it on, where you're like, what? What even is this? Like, what is the challenge? Like you kind, because you kind of came on like at a at a halfway point or early stage where it was already going and it had some tradition. So how was it kind of like? running in or joining something that you didn't build from scratch? Um, well, I didn't build the, the challenge that it used to be mm-hmm. from scratch, but the, but the, the show kind of morphed into what it is today. Like the, the executive producer that works on it today, his name is Justin Booth mm-hmm. and Justin and I became brothers. Like we're like brothers because on the 11th season, it was only his second season of being the man. So, he was like brand new too. He was fresh. So when I came on, we became friends, real good friends. And we got along great. We worked together really well. And we turned the challenge into what it is today. You know what I mean? Like him and I have, have like really made it personal mm-hmm. to make sure that we, you know, and, and that everybody on the whole crew is, like that now and it's something I, mean, I think we have 15 or maybe even 19 countries represented on the crew now wow. that, that like from different places that we've been who whoever the best is from that country just stays on the crew and then we just call them and we fly them to wherever we're going and and it's it's the most incredible thing to be a part of like i feel so damn lucky i can't tell you like it's it really is a good time. And I have friends in Panama, Australia, um, uh, Chile, 
um, Argentina, um, Mexico, the, the, like New Zealand, um, Norway. We have friends everywhere. Prague. We have friends everywhere. Germany is my brother. I have a German brother. Like he's like my brother. Um, there, there's so many people throughout the world that have, you know. I have J- Japan, um, Thailand, like all these countries that I've been to that I would like like became super tight with them because I'm there for eight, ten weeks sometimes. And it's like, you know, in South Africa, uh, I was there for five months of the year. I was there last year in, wow. in Africa. So it's pretty damn cool. That's incredible. I mean, you're you're the you're a key reason of the growth. You're a key reason of the evolution. And I'm also curious to f- where you fit in and how you kind of see the challenge fitting into um, you know, all the other opposing entertainment things that are out there, streaming, um, video games. Um, but cable television is still here. It's still in the now. Um, where, and have you had a conversation within your team of like, Hey, this is, it's hard to battle with these guys. We need to make a move. Yeah. I mean, we were just talking about that last season. We were like, how much longer are we going to be on MTV? Like on, on, on the network yeah, and on the television part of things. And and n- nobody has an answer. We have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like it's just killing it. So it is what it is. You guys um, are why MTV is booming. That's the that's. There's no thanks, arguing that though. Thank you, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome, dude. I we're honored. So it's it's awesome. Like I love it. I grew up watching MTV, and I always wanted to be on MTV, and now I am on MTV, and it's crazy to me like that I'm even saying that because. My, my first house, I was 19 into 20, and that whole time, all we did was watch MTV. We watched Carson Daly every day, and and Carson Daly would give us the, the, the TRL and all that stuff and, and every day, and Total Request Live. Like, you guys probably don't even know what that is. And, <laughs> and that was like music videos, okay. and there's these things that, that, that you make a song, and then you have this video about the song. And you put it on TV. <laughs> so, so anyway, you, you do that. They, they did that. Everybody had to have a video. And everybody made videos. And it was awesome. And he was the ringleader. And I remember looking at him and I was like, dude, he's a badass dude. Like, that guy is so fucking awesome. And, and he came over to my house in 1999. So I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm in the Twilight Zone. Carson Daly's here. And then all of a sudden, Tony Hawk walks in, and uh, Ashton Kutcher walks in, and all these people that are, that are like, you know, they're, they're in their own respective fields, they're doing damn things. So it's like, wow. And I remember watching uh, Carson on the phone in my driveway, and he was talking to his girlfriend at the time, who was Jennifer Love Hewitt, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's so awesome, man. So, you know, starting there and then kind of growing into 33 seasons of the challenge. I know you had didn't go on right away, but how have you been able to, you know, walk into those production meetings every every month or however often you do it? And how do you guys come up and re, uh, maintain that intensity, the production value and like the interest? Because I know you guys are still killing it, like Andrew said. So like, what is your guys's, um, not necessarily secret sauce, but what's your guys's process? Well, it's, 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 I, I don't have anything to do with the show that I, I get told 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Now they are the creative minds that, that that go into this, like Justin Booth and, and Ryan Smith and these dudes that really do put their all into it and that are geniuses when it comes to these challenges and stuff. These they put together some of the coolest stuff, and I'm just like, yes, let's do this. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then once in a while there'll be something that they'll be like, hey. Uh, we're trying to think of this, this, and this, and then I'll, I'll come up with something great about once a season, if that. So, like, <laughs> those dudes, they just do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then I'll put my two cents in, and it's always just like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, but sometimes, you know, once at a blue moon, they'll hook me up. They'll be like, yeah, dude, that was a good idea. Let's do that. Usually, you know, revol- like, oh. usually revolving around trivia games. Yeah, always about trivia. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> is the best. Uh, um, but kind of transitioning post uh, or during, I guess, the challenge and growing your influence across the world. I mean, that's been a major um, part and product of why you're able to grow your audience and your reason why you can touch so many people. Um, and I kind of want to tap into your humanitarian work and other things that you're doing outside of the challenge. Um, can you talk to me how you kind of got involved in that type of stuff? Yeah, like, I, I just started giving rides to people at first. Like, I just started driving people places. And how I did that, like, I don't remember. Like, I, I saw somebody that needed a ride, so I just took them. And I wasn't scared. Are you one of the founders of Uber? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I don't charge. That's the thing. So I'm a free Uber driver. But, um, so I, I just, like, I liked the appreciation when I gave them a ride. I liked the appreciation. I like, yeah, all right. And then, and then I, I, I did a lot of humanitarian work when I was in Africa. This is last couple times because the reason is because they, their money is so little compared to ours. It's not fair. It just ain't fair, dude. Like, because I was born here. Uh, it's not, I, I have more money than you that, that just doesn't sit right with me. So I gave a lot and, and gave and helped and tried to do as much as I could because it's just like they need it. You know what I mean? They need it. And so if you see something that, that they need and you have it, then it's pretty fucked up if you don't give it to them. You know what I mean? Now you don't help. You don't do what you can to help them. And so that's, that's the mentality I had. I mean, I, and I went, Oh six is the first time I went to Africa and I really like it hit me hard. I was like, damn, this is gnarly. And, and this is a big deal. And, and when I went to favelas in Brazil before that, you know, and I was like, damn, these dudes are fucking, they're gnarly, you know? And like, you see these things firsthand that you saw on TV. You know, and then it's a whole different level of, of poverty. And you don't even know what poor is until you actually put a stamp on your passport. And when somebody tries to tell me that they do understand and they do get it and they do, and then they tell me that they've never even left their city or their town, then I'm like, dude, like, you really don't. You don't. You never looked at somebody's eyes and they said, how, how are you going to not help me? Like, if a dude looks at you and says, I'm starving, can you please help me? And you don't help him, then you're probably the biggest piece of shit in the world. So, if you don't do something, then you suck. That's it. I don't even, we're not even on the same team. 
I think so, it's it's really about like providing value, man. Like if you are living your life where you're giving, you're providing value, you're looking for those opportunities to feed those starving people or to just help those people that are in need, not want it's but not need. It's really hard to find. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not it's not hard to find to help people, bro. Like like you guys right now in Minnesota, it's terrible out there. You guys could probably take your jackets and you probably have 50 jackets because this is where you live and that's what you do. And I bet you, you haven't worn 20 of them in six months. So that's the six-month rule to where you're like, huh, you go in the closet and you say, okay, I haven't worn this in six months. I really like it, but fuck, I haven't worn it in six months. Gone. All this shit just gone. And you go and find the dudes that are homeless and the dudes that are freezing their ass off. Because if somebody's out there freezing and I have a jacket in my closet, like, God damn it, that sucks. Like, that sucks. I need to do something. So, you know, you, you do that. And then, like, I remember, like, picking up these people from, from Barstow once. They needed a ride. They were homeless. And there was a chick and a dude. The dude didn't speak any English. He was a Mexican kid. And, and, uh. I'm working on my Spanish. So I was like, well, then we're just going to, we're going to do Spanish all the way home. And she was like, okay. And I was like, all right, so no speaking English all the way home. We're speaking Spanish. And then she was like, okay. And so we spoke Spanish all the way home. And that kept me awake. I was driving from San Diego all the way to Vegas. And, and it was after a hall of fame deal. And I was like, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta get back to Vegas. And, And I was super tired, pulled over to get a coffee these homeless people needed to ride to Vegas. I was like, yeah, get in. And I, and I put them in my car while I was running and I went in. Wow. Like, so I trusted them in my car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, they developed a certain level of respect for me because I just said, get in the car. And they're like, serious? I was like, yeah, it's running. The heater's on. So get in the car. Wow. And so they That's were That's like, incredible. Jesus. Yeah. So like I did that. It was pretty cool. But then it was Spanish speaking class for me and it was a ride for them. It was awesome. That's sweet. And that goes back to that value thing. And I think I can add yeah. to that and saying it's selfless. You have the selfless mindset and it goes back to BMX riding. You're, you realize you're in something bigger, the BMX world, X, uh, X games, action sports world. And you wanted to make sure that it was the best product all the time. So you were dedicated to it. MTV being the host of the challenge, you wanted to, you were a part of something bigger than you. You wanted to make sure it was the best, and you wanted to be the best on it every day. And then that attributes to your day to day life, humanitarian work, or even just calling it giving value um, without recognition on a daily routine. I mean, you're not creating foundation. You, you might have foundations outside of this, but the th- the stuff you're talking to me right now are daily habits of just giving someone a ride. Just and it's daily habits, yes, it's but grassroots. Just today, today I. I probably fed somebody or did something somewhere like my houses are downtown and in, in, in a little bit of a sketchy area sometimes but but like every dude down there i'm just you know every dude every one of them that's awesome can you well okay so when did this like driving thing start because when you started telling the story it was like yeah it just gave people rides but when did you decide you were like okay like was that the first story when you picked those people up randomly when you got the idea to start giving people rides and was it for this long distance type rides or was it just like quick onesie twosie type stuff no it's it's everything really i mean it's everything like sometimes i'll be sitting there and if a dude's like begging on the corner okay like those begging people people say they make a lot of money but it's really not a good life their life sucks bro like they're not begging because 
they're making a hundred grand a year and they, they love it. It sucks. Like that sucks. So every time if, if a dude comes up to me, I'm like, look, bro, I'm not giving you no money, but you can get in if you want to go eat. And every time the dude's just jump in the car. So that means they're hungry. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, and once in a while they don't, but they almost always do. And when they do, I take them to go eat and we go eat and we chill and hang out and have a good time. And then I'm like, Cool. Let's hang. So what's it? So okay. So someone gets in your car now, and you guys are going to lunch. What do you guys talk about? Is it just like hanging out? You get to know their life story. Like, is there any sort of? Yeah, story? it's pretty much a back pocket podcast the whole way. Like the whole time, I'm like, look, like I just need to know, man, what happened? How, how come you're out there? What are you doing? And and then they'll they'll tell me, you know, this, that, and the other thing, and I'll just be like, well. You probably should have enough taken that left. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, dude, that's so cool, man. I had no, you would have never known. Yeah, that's so cool. That's phenomenal. So, okay, so is there anything right now that you're doing in your life that you want everyone to know about, or you want our listeners to know about? No, I'm, I'm good. It's, I just really want everybody to tune into the show because it, it's February sixth is the show, and I want everybody to check it out because. It's the best work that we've ever done. Awesome. And 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 we're we're all super excited and the level of competition is so good. It's so good. And that I loved it, man. And it, like and I do a wheelie on a four wheeler and shit, so you'll be able to see it. Nice. <laughs> yeah, like I did some I did some uh I did a little four wheeling in the sand dunes. I grew up on the sand dunes and stuff, so so they let me ride a four-wheeler, which was awesome. And they were like... <laughs> they you told know, you to ride the four-wheeler. Do little stuff. And I was like, yeah, cool. Did it! <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh my God! So, yeah, we shot some stuff. It was fun, man. It was cool. So, and, and so I just want people to see the show. Because I'm, I'm very excited for everyone to watch it. And I'm very excited for it to come out. Because the level of competition and, and, and the difficulty... Just, God, I wish the final challenge was tomorrow. <laughs> the level is so hard. It is crazy. You can't even imagine. Like, and I'm telling you this because I've seen a million shows. Mm-hmm. I've seen 400, 500 challenges maybe or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. In person. Mm-hmm. Well, I've watched them with my own two eyes. And some of them, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. You know, whatever. And this season, they're all badass. Like it's, it's, it's a badass show and it was very hard to film in the sand dunes and in the, you know, the dunes are, are a weekend hobby. That's a fun thing to do on, on the weekend, but we did it for eight or 10 weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, dude, it's gnarly. So when you do that, it, you, you know, you have to expect real results. So we'll dude, see how you're out there in the dunes. It's truly war of the worlds. I love it. Um, now we're going to transition to the back end. So we just have a quick game and then two final questions. Game alert. Game alert. Game, game. Staple of the back pocket. So this is a new game we like to call mustache or trash. And we're big mustache guys. So if we, if you, if you tag it with mustache, that's, that's epic. That's, that's real. That's, that's gnarly. That's as good as it gets. And then, or it's just trash. It's, it's, it's gotta get out of the house. So first one going deck, hit him with it. Okay. So. Johnny Bananas lifting the curse and winning another challenge. 
Mustache. Hey, love that. Love it. Okay, splitting the earnings when you ha- when you win the challenge. Uh, Johnny Bananas did it when he had just over a quarter million, and Ashley did it when she had a million. Mustache or trash? Uh, I think wait, splitting them or not splitting them? Not splitting it. Doing it the way they chose to do it. Trash. Trash. <laughs> I'm right there with you. the winnings, bro. You got it. Because you, you're, 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 you're forever an asshole. <laughs> it ain't worth the money. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got another hot take for you. Was Theo Vaughn the greatest challenge cast member of all time? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he was awesome. Mm-hmm. He was. He it's... wasn't as awesome as he is now, though. Right, that's what. That's like why I bring it up. That's cause... so crazy because he was like, he was way more laid back and way more chill and and you know calm and everything else like he wasn't as funny and and, and he was more shy he was he was actually kind of shy like he was cool i like him a lot but he was cool but he even he, he he like i don't know where this came from like the guy blew up he's awesome he's awesome declan had the chance to meet him down in rochester minnesota uh earlier uh, last year, and we've been huge fans of him ever since. We're trying to get him on the show. Badass. <laughs> yep. Yeah. One thing about Theo too, because his story is crazy. I I don't know if you're familiar with like how he all came about everything, but I mean, he came on the show when he was what, like nineteen, twenty. I mean, he's thirty eight now. He's almost twice his life when he was when he was on the challenge show. Right. It's crazy just to see. Is are there any other members that have like blown up like Theo since the challenge? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, the Miz. Oh, of course, WWE. Yep. Yeah, the Miz. He he, he's doing it, man. That guy's doing it. That's he's sick. he's blowing up, man. He he did it. He and he's a really really nice guy. That's fun to see. You know? he, he definitely freaks out and he goes crazy on the when he's hosting challenges and shows and shit. And you're like, come on, man, you're <laughs> killing me. <laughs> but, but he like he is a he's a really cool dude. Okay, that's awesome. All right, here's another one for you. Me personally fulfilling my lifelong dream of competing on the challenge, mustache or trash? I mean, it's mustache would be amazing. Yes. So I would love to see that. Uh, Trash, because you're probably not going to go in there and bang all the girls that you're supposed to just get on there. (laughs) I apologize, because, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're, not, you're just a chill dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> These guys go in there. They cut sick, bro. You got to be a different level. Yeah. Here, so here's the problem with Andrew. Let me see you take off your shirt, bro. Did you do anything? Like he, Yo, he's been working out. Yo, take it off, bro. Come on. Yo, this guy's cut. Couple pros with Andrew. It's, like, it's nothing but a business trip. You know what? You might. Mustache. Yes. Must be there, baby. All right. Oh, and the cool thing about Andrew, I will say, a pro... To get Andrew on the challenge, the man, it would be a business trip with Andrew. The I'm most like, I'm like Durrell. We'll send you some footage. So this is a, here's a good hype video. I'll send it to you. Andrew was going against a, D, so we played Division Three football at St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. 
Andrews, 180 pounds as a safety. He's going against a 245-pound Division I transfer fullback in the towel pull challenge. This could easily be on MTV, the challenge. It's literally a towel in the middle, Andrews on one side, and this massive-ass dude on the other It's a classic challenge event. It's a classic challenge event. Andrew, you know, obviously watching the challenge, he knows what he's going to do. So Andrew kicks this dude's ass. Kicks this dude's ass. He doesn't do it by just pulling as hard as he can off the front. He dives into the guy. Totally dives into him, gets him as close as he can to the cone, and then just rips it out of his hand, runs back to his cone, he wins. Biggest celebration we've had in our four years. Incredible. Man can, man can compete, dude. Yeah. So hopefully I, the production value is there because I know you don't have much say in that, but hopefully, uh, hopefully your producers listen to this. Hey, me. Yeah, yeah, they probably won't. <laughs> probably won't. It's just the truth. <laughs> All right, we'll send it to him. He's gonna be on his desk. Dude. We appreciate that. All right. Um, okay, so last question of the game, real quick. So this is a Send It Sunday special. We always release our podcast on Monday with big time guests like you. But we always do it a day early for those who send it. Who do you want to see next as a Send It Sunday guest? Um, somebody that, that comes on to the show? Yeah. yeah, you challenge us with someone and we'll go out there and try to achieve and have them on our, on our show. All right, how about CJ Lindy? CJ Lindy. Yeah. Write that down, Jack. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will put that on the list. CJ Lindy and tell him TJ Lavin sent you. Okay, okay. will do. All right. We Absolutely. appreciate that. Thank you, TJ. All right, so finishing up here, back end, the final two questions. We will finish with this first one. Do you have any questions for us? We've been hounding you with questions this whole time, so do you have any for us? Yeah, why are you guys still living in Minnesota? Ooh, great question. question. Um, No one moves out east. No one. No. No one. There's never been a person that lives, that was born in Las Vegas to move to Minneapolis. There's never, never been. Minnesota. Never. Never heard of it. Not even going to look it up. Not one. <laughs> no. So I will say this, TJ. We, we live in the Twin Cities, right? It's it's shitty as hell right now in January. Right? Worst winter, best summer. That's what I'll say. But I will also say the Twin Cities, man, it is... It is a hub that's in the middle of the country, right? You have the West Coast. You got the glitz and glamour out in L.A. You got the East Coast. You got the, all the hype in New York and Boston. All that good stuff out there. But what's in the middle, right? How do you get from one place to the other? We want to create a central hub in the Twin Cities because what's going on right now, and not a lot of people know this, is that there are all kinds of big names rolling through the Twin Cities, whether you know it or not. I met Theo Vaughn last year. We got all kinds of artists coming in. All this stuff. The city's growing. And it's because people are starting to recognize the clout. They want to go to Denver. They want to go to the Twin Cities because they can capture these small markets with Instagram and social media. You can hit up on... If you showed up in Minneapolis tomorrow and said, Hey, I'm here for six hours. I bet people would show up. Or, Hey, I got a panel that I want to speak at. Or, Hey, I'm doing this, doing that. I'm getting coffee. Who wants to come, right? Those these people will show up. It happens, and, it, and it's because really? yes, it's all, and that's why that we want to try and build out in the Twin Cities. Do we want to stay so here? Want to become a big fish in a small pond. Yes, absolutely. And that's and that. So the goal for season three, which is a, a great question that you ask, is dominate your sandbox. We've done this for two years, but you know what? That's not even the start of what we want to do. Right? We want to dominate the Twin Cities. We want to get everyone in the city behind what we're doing, and then maybe one day we can take it to TJ's house in Las Vegas. Then maybe we can go to LA. Maybe we can go to the East Coast where there's just a bigger scale. And and at that point, it's a numbers game. 
All right. A lot of hype thrown at you, TJ. And what about you? What, what is that? Why the hell are you still there? <laughs> there there's, I'm a Chicago boy. Uh, came six hours north, even colder now. But yeah. the the mindset that you have to have to walk outside and go to work every day and not just be like, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and, but like walk with your chest high and your shoulders back. That's a growth tactic that we use on a consistent basis to show that we're better than other people and ju- and with, you, our with our mindset we're not we're not god gifted anything just our minds and that little shoulders back chest high mentality in the coldest of weather you know pushes us to reach out to guests like you and gives us the confidence to um be better every single day all right yeah, yeah well both of you guys need to go and do something nice for somebody that you don't know and uh and then go from there i think you're gonna love it dude I think you're gonna love it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, become that guy. You become the guys that are in the Twin Cities, that are in the middle of the country, the flyover states, and all the bullshit. I want you guys to be the guys from there that are doing it. There's a guy named Ricky Smith that 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 lives in Cleveland, and he is a badass. You should you should go after him as well. That's a good send it Sunday. That that's a dude that you should get on here. Thank you um, for challenging Ricky us, Ricky Smith. Ricky Smith is is. He founded Rake, which is random acts of kindness everywhere, and we became friends. So he's a good dude. That's dude, awesome. Check him out. That's incredible, man. We appreciate that. Awesome. So this is our last question. We we've taken up almost an hour. We really do appreciate all the time you've given us. No problem. Uh, what did you learn today, from the moment you woke up to having this conversation right now? Oh, dude, I I learned that one of my renters is leaving their furniture in the front yard of the <laughs> rental, and I'm like, bro can't do that shit so, so i learned i needed to tell that guy not to put the furniture outside all right hey that sounds like my college house we had <laughs> and we left couches outside on sundays but hey thank you so guys. much tj appreciate you man it's no secret the back pocket boys were beer guys whoa we are beer guys however sometimes there's a time and place when i'm a beer guy because sometimes i got you know heartburn coming <laughs> did this just turn into a heartburn solution ad? Ooh, it, it might have. All right, well, eh, let's just roll with it. Let's roll with this one. Okay, I mean, your your solution is to heartburn is Lincoln Drink. Oh, that's a good point. Lincoln Drink can solve my heartburn. What is Lincoln Drink? Lincoln Drink, dude, you're just sitting around having a couple beers, getting some heartburn, but at the same time, dude, you're having these great conversations with motivators, your entrepreneurs, hustlers, these people that are just your age going to get it around you in the Twin Cities. Lincoln Drink, a great collaboration opportunity. And if you're listening to this ad, I challenge you to ask me about my heartburn. Lincoln Drink 004 is at Finnegan's Bruco on May 8th. That's Lincoln Drink 004 at Finnegan's Bruco, May 8th. That was everything I wanted it to be. I am I'm just so happy that we had TJ on. I know. I just, like... We went into our living room right after we recorded that and like FaceTimed everyone. We're like, yo, that interview with TJ was so sick. And then uh, announcing it on Instagram and everything. Oh my God. It was incredible. I was so giddy. I was just a little boy just living a childhood dream. Right. Hey, you know something that's uh. So, well, first off, thank you, TJ, for coming on. Like one of the most humble dudes of all time and uh, incredible story. It felt like we were just having, which we were, it was just a FaceTime, but it just felt like we were FaceTiming a friend right. the whole time. Exactly. And it was just, um, 
it was in the moment because I could have been like we could have complained because of how like the difficulties of just like the technology and stuff wasn't working for us. So we won't have any YouTube video of this um, this week. But it's a little interesting here on the uh, on the back end. Things are a little different, Andrew. Very different. This back end will be either non-existent or very short going forward. We will wrap it up and just kind of give you a, a preemptive look of what the week's going to look like maybe. Right. I, I don't know if we're even going to use this back end as a it's not it's no longer um, part of our show. Correct? Exactly. And so but I know a lot of you are like, shit, I just skipped through the interview just so I can listen to the back pocket boys. So what so what is this? So why is it leaving deck? So why is it leaving? It's because we want to just niche down the episode to one sole theme. And that was TJ Lavin. Right. But you know what? We still love recording the back end when it's just us. Right. So we will have, at the back end of this week, we are happy to announce we will be having our own back end show. So the format of the week is changed up a little bit. So last season you saw us do the interview with a back end. That changed That changed every, like, periodically throughout season two with the vibe of the format. Sure. Um, but at the end of the season, two, we did, uh, it was Monday show with a back end, and then Tuesday, there was nothing, nothing, correct? Yeah, nothing. And then Wednesday, we had Golden Nuggets, and Thursday was a marketing intern spotlight. So that is going to be flipped on its head. Just erase that format from your memory. Yeah. We are now going after it with a Monday soul theme, just the guest, focusing on the guest. Example would be this TJ Lavin podcast with now Tuesday, the marketing intern spotlight. Wednesday is the Golden Nuggets of the previous week's Monday show. And Thursday is the brand new back-end show. And that'll just be Declan and Andrew with intern Sam having a blast. Your average quality, what did you learn in a feel-good story, and then we'll have our creative mid-segment in between um, some of those segments. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. It's not going to be a long episode, 15, 20 minutes like it normally would be on the back-end of the Monday show. Uh, So we're keeping it quick for you guys, and it's just going to be tracking our progress, and you guys are going to be checking in. And... uh. I hope you enjoy it because we sure do. We sure do. We love you guys. We're so excited for season three. You've heard enough from us. Let me just tell you this last piece of uh, of advice, of information. Um, We really, really want to focus on you, the marketing interns, throughout this whole season. So interact with us. Please reach out to us if you know of a person that wants to share their story because that's why we do this. We want to sit down and have a conversation and bring light and energy to another person. So reach out to us. Go on to iTunes. Leave a review, maybe a five-star review if we've earned it. And uh, let's do this Let's do this season together. Absolutely, dude. I mean, you couldn't have said it any better. I love you guys, and I can't wait to take on 2019 Season 3 with you guys. Take care. Take care. Get across to you She's a star 
She says, I'm gonna have to try and catch her now before she's gone.